job this morning. But Lord, we just thank you so much for the opportunity, Lord. We thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. God, you love us. Not that we loved you, but you so loved us. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for the love of God that touches the hearts and lives of, of foolish people and turn their hearts to you, Lord. Oh, what wisdom and what mercy and grace, Lord, that you would allow us to, to be a part of the big picture of what you would have us to do, Lord, and just to, just to come before you, Lord. It's just an honor. Oh, Lord, it's an honor to praise and worship you. It's an honor to be here today. It's an honor, Lord. So we honor you, Lord, with all that we say, all that we do. And we divide the word of truth, Lord, I pray. Lord, that you open our eyes to see and our ears to hear, but more importantly, our hearts, that we may apply what we hear, that it may change the way we live our lives, the way we see you in a mighty way. Lord, speak to us. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Holy Spirit, without you, there is no illumination. There is no revelation. Holy Spirit, we pray that your spirit would not only hover over, but would pour and would, and would just change the the, the way that we hear and perceive the word of God as you live within us. And Lord, we pray that you seal that in us, that we may know that when we stand, we take no thought about what we should say, but we know that the Holy Spirit speaking through us to do the will of the Father. For only you know that good, perfect, and acceptable will. We are just to lay down our lives for you, Lord. So Lord, we honor you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll find ourselves in Matthew chapter uh, 20 today. Matthew chapter 20. Following again, what are we looking for? Again, if you're here today, you're looking for something. Uh, you need something. Uh, perhaps you, you uh, desire something. If we continue with that question, uh, wanna, uh, that question, what are you looking for, presents us with other questions as well. Um, one being, what must I, and we'll see that in, uh, in the previous chapter of 19. Uh, one of the questions of what are you looking for is the rich man ruler, the rich man, the rich young ruler comes up to Christ. He says, what must I do to have eternal life? What, what can I do to have eternal life? And the rich man, rich young ruler in 19 verses 20 through, uh, well, he comes up, let's just, let's just do it, Lord. Uh, he comes up to the Lord and he says, what can I do to inherit eternal life? And the Lord says, keep the commandments. And he said, all these I have done from my youth. I've always kept the commandments. And he says, one thing you lack is, and that's in chapter 19, verses uh, uh, 20 through 22. Uh, the young man said unto him, all these I've kept from my youth uh, till now. What, what do I lack? to have eternal life. And Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell all that you have. Give to the poor that thou shalt have treasures in heaven and follow me. But when the young rich young man heard the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. What must I do? Okay, you kept all the commandments. I want you to do what I tell you, and I want you to take these alms, and I want you to, I want you to take your riches, give alms, give to the poor, and follow me. What must I do? And then he goes on, he walks away sorrowful. And Peter comes up in a few verses later, and he says, and let's see if I can find it real quick right here, 19, chapter 19, verses 27 and 28. And Peter said, Behold, we've forsaken all, we've followed all, 
What's in it for me? So what are you looking for as Jesus is walking along presents two other questions. What can I do to have eternal life? Give alms. If you've kept all the commandments, give alms. Peter says, okay, well, we've forsaken everything that we have. Boats, families, fellowship, all these things for you. What's in it for me? What's in this following you for me? If he can have uh, this from giving alms, I'd give up everything, Lord. And what is in it for me? And in 27, he says, and answer, Peter said unto him, behold, I've, faken, I, I've forsaken all, followed all, followed you. And what shall we have? What's in it for me? And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you that you have followed me indeed. And in the regeneration, at the end of the age, if you follow me fully, thoroughly, thoroughly, uh, thoroughly, uh, truly, when the end comes, the regeneration, you will sit on your throne. But I'm going to tell you this in 29. Everyone who has forsaken houses, everyone who has uh, left brother and sister, father and mother, wife and children, lands and all for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold. They'll be there too. They're going to be there if they endure and when they endure to the end. But many that are first, Peter, shall be last. Many are first shall be last. Now this was, I struggled with this all week. This is a hard saying for me. Uh, many that are first will be last. I know that I have to deal with that context of it because he's going to repeat it here in just a minute. And when we get into our message today of the laborers in the vineyard, and, and so I've got to address it. I wanted to run from it. The Lord wouldn't let me. I wanted to, to steer away from it. The Lord wouldn't let me. So I, if it's not for you, there's something in here for me today. Um, what must I do to have eternal life? What am I looking for? What's in it for me? What's in it for me? And I'm going to tell you what. I hope that you've all asked that question. What does it take to get eternal life? And I, if you have, I know that we've all asked this question. Okay, Lord, I've done all these things. Now what's in it for me? Why am I not getting what? Why are you not answering the way? Why are you not doing what I feel that you should do based on what I have done for you? I feel that maybe I don't deserve it, Lord, because I don't deserve anything. And Lord, you have been good to me, but Lord, hadn't I been good to you too? What's in this for me? Lord, hadn't I been uh, good to for you to not allow this to happen or, or not let this happen or not let this come to pass? Hadn't I done everything by the book? And by the way, haven't I given everything up for you? How could you put one more thing on me, Lord? What's in this thing for me? Peter asked. And he says... Now let's look at the theology. Okay, we're going to get into the parable. We're going to look at the theology, and then we're going to look at the reality. Uh, what must I do for eternal life? What's in it for me? Chapter twenty, verses one through six. I know it's uh, one through sixteen. I know it's a lot of scripture. Best bear with me. If I can do it without my glasses, that's crazy, ain't it? You want mine? Uh, maybe. Uh, for the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder. And he went out early in the morning to labors of the vineyard. And when he had agreed with the labors uh, for a penny of a day, uh, a penny a day, he sent them to his vineyard. Verse three. And he went out about an hour later. Uh, and, I mean, I'm sorry. And he went out. I'm just excited about this today. <laughs> and and he, I'm already in the third hour. And he went out about the third hour, and there were others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said unto them, Go you also into the vineyard. And whatsoever is right, will I not do it? Will I not give you what's right? Go to the vineyard. 
and what's right, I will give it to you. And they went their way. Verse 5, again he went out about the sixth hour and the ninth hour he did likewise. And at about the eleventh hour, this is about five o'clock in the day, six o'clock was the end of a day. This is at five o'clock in the evening. About five o'clock in the evening, he went out and found others standing idle and says, have you been standing here all day? And they said unto him, because no man has hired us. Oh, and they said unto him, because no man has hired us. And he said unto them, go your way into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall you receive. And so when the evening came, the Lord of the vineyard said unto his servants, or his steward, call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. There's that phrase again. I guess it was three times in this scripture. I've said two earlier. And when they came, they were hired about the 11th hour. They received a penny. And when the first came, they supposed that they should receive much more uh, than they likewise received, every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good man of the house, the householder, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal to us, which have borne the burden of the heat of the day. But he answered unto them and said, Friend, I do you no wrong. I do you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a penny? Is this not what we agreed upon? Take that that is thine and go thy way. I will give unto the last, even as I have given unto you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I want to with my stuff? Are you going to tell me what I'm supposed to do with my stuff after I've given you what we've agreed upon? And verse 16, he says, So shall the last be first, and the first last, for many are called, and few are chosen. Now, the theology of this parable we see is, is, is a, it could be, it's a representative of a picture of the Jew. We talked about that in the prodigal uh, last night. What does it mean? That there is a warning to the Jew. There is a warning to the Jew here. We see it in the uh, rich young ruler. God's chosen people. God's given them the law. He's given them the commandment. Did I not choose you? Not because you were great and mighty in a nation, but I chose you because you were small in number and because I loved you. And God's chosen people, the seed of Abraham, the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In the genealogy, we go all the way back. We've been here from the beginning. We were God's picked people, God's chosen people. And God, when you chose us, did we not agree uh, that you would give us the law and the commandments? And did, did we not agree that we would follow you and that we would do these things? And did we not agree and did you not say that we were your seed out of the seed of Abraham and, and David, your ruler, and we are the elect and your kingdom has no end? And pray for the peace of Israel and, and thank God for God's chosen people and, 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 and your nation and your kingdom and your temple and, and, and your priest and, and your land and did you not say that everything that my foot would walk in I could possess into the promised land to walk into this land uh, for flowing with milk and honey was was we not your chosen people and we will never forget that Lord we will never forget the promises and the covenant that you made that says we belong to you and a matter of fact We've kept all these, and we'll continue to keep these, and we want these laws, and, and, and we've done all these. And the Lord looks at the rich young ruler, and he looks uh, as the Jewish people are around, and even, even the uh, Pharisees are, are there, I'm sure, too. And he looks, and he says, okay, will you give it? Will you take what you got? Do you like what you got? Yes, we love what you've done. Do you like what, what we've given you? And he says, yes, we love what you've given us. 
and will you give it to these others? Will you give it to the Gentile people? Will you give it to the uh, other, even other Jews? Will you give it to other Jews? Will you, you mean take all the time that I've placed in doing what's right while they've placed all their time in doing what's wrong and you want me to share the benefits of doing what's right with the people who are doing all the wrong? Don't I deserve a little bit more for spending all this time doing what you said than what they deserve? Do they not deserve to be punished for not doing what I've always done? Do they you mean to take my time and give everything that I've worked for to them? Replace my lifestyle, give part of my livelihood to them? Take that, Lord, that takes who I am away from me. That takes a part of me to do that. And I've done everything to keep the law. It, 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 it takes a part of me. It could defile me, Lord, for I'm holy and consecrated, set aside, set, set aside and sanctified, set aside for your good works, set aside by you particularly. I'm a chosen by the Lord God. Chosen. I'm not giving them who I am. I'm not giving them what I've done and getting beside them. And, and I'm especially not giving them what's mine. I'm not giving them what's mine. I got this. I earned this. It, it, I, I, I need this. I will not stoop to their level, nor will I give them something that they don't deserve when I've done everything to get this. I work for this. I've maintained this. I've invested this. I've stored this. And the Lord has blessed me and given me fields I didn't put and houses I didn't. And he gave me all these things. And I know that they need it. But he's given it to me and it's mine. And the householder says, well, you take what is yours and you go. Verse 20. Chapter 20, verse 14. Take that which is thine and go your way then. It gives the implication that the last guy that showed up uh, didn't even pick his penny up until he had the explanation that he wouldn't get more than what he agreed on. Sounds unfair, but it's not unfair. We agreed. You said it. Did we not agree that I would be your chosen people, that you would give us a law and a contract and we would fulfill it and you would give us these things? Why would you give someone not under that law more than you would give me because he's bound by the word? He's bound by his word. And, 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 if, and if you are, you're bound by his word. In this rich young ruler, I've done all you've asked me to do. Well, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. Share it with the world. Not going to do it. Not going to happen. And he looks and he says, Take all that is thine and go thy way. So in a sense, the first will be last. And the last will be first. The Bible says that the Jews are blind. The Jews have a, they're blind to the things of God in a sense, in their nature. I'm not saying all Jews don't go. I'm just saying that when you read Scripture, they, they are, there's a blind period to where the Jews have become blind, calloused, and hard-hearted, and the Gentiles get to come into this fellowship. In, theory, in theology, to the Jew, there's a warning. To Peter, there's another warning. There's another warning. What's in it for me? Peter, you have a great privilege of coming in first. 
Follow me, Peter, the rock, the stone on which the foundation of the church is built. Cast your nets on the right. Cast your nets on the left. Cast your nets down. Come, follow me. Step out on the water. What's in it for me? Step out on the water. Do things that other people will never get the opportunity to do. Healing blind, walking on the water, seeing miracles, touching people's lives, touching people's hearts. 2,000 years later, we're still talking about what's in it for me. He don't realize what he's saying. Peter, what's the privilege of coming early? Seeing and doing and being and loving and leading and guiding and, and you're going to go on and, and do great and mighty things. Now he don't tell him he's going to go on and do great and mighty things. He knows he's going to go on. The Lord knows that. He tells him you're going to go some places you don't want to go. You're going to be carried by some men you don't want to be carried. You're going to get uh, done some things that are going to be done to you that you really don't want to be done. But by doing that, by sowing into that, we're going to reap some things that we shouldn't have ever reaped. We're going to get some knowledge that we never should because he got used. And that's the benefit of coming in uh, from the beginning. And you know what you also get? You get a fellowship because you have brought so many people into the fold, Peter. You get. I'm not real sure that Peter's blessings and his rewards are not still coming up every time the church says, open your Bibles up to 1 Peter chapter 2 and let's look and open up your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1 and say, I am kept by the power. And every time we use these references and we look through the book of Acts and we see where the Jerusalem council met and Peter's standing up in chapter 2 among the... I'm not sure he's still not reaping the benefits of being mentioned in the Bible 2,000 years later. What's in it for him? What's in it for him is the same thing that in it for you today as you come in it's leaving a legacy uh, to people to look upon your lives and, and different generations and different generations that generation curses and generation blessings the curse stops with you and the blessing begins with you and from this day forward we have made up our mind that our kids and grandkids will be blessed because of what he's done for us not what uh, we didn't give them we're not going to be the rich young ruler he won't Share it, and we're not going to Peter, be like Peter and say, what's in it for me? A lot of times the Lord puts it in you, and it's never intended for you. It is for them. Amen. It is for that next generation. Amen. It is for that next one who comes along. We're not, uh, we're passing torches. We're, we're, we're passing, it's a, it's a relay. Amen. And when they come alongside, when he comes up, you, you do that. Amen. You do that. You don't say... Here, find it for you. Get your own alms. I've kept the law. You get your own law. You keep it the best you can. I've done my part. I've done all I can do. And you don't say what's in it. You know what's in it for me? The future of the church. Amen. The future of the church is what's in it. That's what is at stake here. That's what's at stake. So to Peter, there is a blessing of coming in first. There is a blessing of coming in first. Exalted. Seeing, doing, being, fellowship because others are going to come in later. Extend this to other Peter. You must not, I can't read it. You must not claim a special place or position and power, Peter. You don't claim that power and that position and that place. You know what you want to get? You want to get a posture. This is what you need to look like. This is what you need to look like. This is what you need to look like. This is not 
what you should look like. This is not what you should look like. It's a posture. It's not a position. If he wants to promote you, you praise him. If he wants to demote you, you praise him. There is no demotions. There is no demotions. He puts his people where he needs them. It's all through the Old Testament. People going where they didn't want to go. It's in the New Testament. People going where they... Peter, so one day you will go where you don't want to go and you'll be led by people, but you're going to the people you really wouldn't go to. It's a posture of humility. And he says to Peter, when he asked him, what, what's in it for me? Will I not do what's right? Will I not do what's right? Will I not do what's right? So then the test shall be that the first is last and the last shall be first. And that's the theology of the parable. That's the theology of the parable. Now the reality of the parable, we're going to talk about that for just a minute. And the same questions still apply. What are you looking for? Eternal life? What's in it for you? The Bible says that he went out to the household or went out to the marketplace to find help. The same way that the people in the marketplace did. They were in the marketplace looking for need, desires, wants, fulfillment. If we don't get this, we don't have this. That's what you go to. A lot of Now, some people go to the marketplace, to Walmart, just to shop. But a lot of people, the main reason you go is because there's a desire. You need to, I got to pick up some milk. I got to get something. If I don't get something, we don't have something. Life in the marketplace. You know what life in the marketplace looks like? It's surrounded by people doing all kinds of different things. In the marketplace, if you go to the marketplace, just kind of think about the streets you see on New York uh, where there's every type of thing available to you. The marketplace, you can get food there. You can get clothes there. You can get cars there. You can get in trouble there. You can get entertainment there. You can get... Uh, all kind of, according to this, you can get a job there. You can get just about, and especially in today's world, you can get anything that you want in the marketplace. You can get it no matter legal, illegal, right, wrong, anything. You can find it all in the marketplace. You can find it all. Uh, some are quiet in the marketplace when you get amongst the groups. Just say that you're with these people and you're going to the group that's in the marketplace and you're standing there waiting on your uh, uh, work to come, there's some white, there's some loud, there's some black, there's some white, there's some orange, there's some yellow. Uh, there's all different kinds of people, all different kinds of skills, all different kinds of lifestyles. Uh, but that's not all. The marketplace is where you find everything that you need. And it's also where you get a glimpse of some things that you don't need but you want. And it's sometimes you actually find stuff that you don't really have no business having. All day, every day. All day, every day, you're surrounded by this in this world today that is made uh, that the that the enemy has infiltrated to keep you from going where you need to go. So he distracts you by all these different things uh, all day, every day. But oh, what a day! A difference that a day makes. Oh, what can come in a day? Oh, what 24 hours, or in this case, 12 hours, can hold. And what are you in the market for today? What are you in the marketplace looking for today? What, what, is, what is it? Some are, are there out of dedication. Look at the first group that said, and they was there at 6 o'clock in the morning with their contract, their tools, their clothes, and they had done ate their breakfast, and they was there a little bit, really about 10 till 6, and they was ready to go. Willing, 
Abel, waiting. Got everything that I need. My dunk, my lunch. I didn't forget to pack my lunch. Waiting on my chance. And I'll tell you what, and the, and the, and the, and the householder comes in and he says, when you come to the vineyard, I'll come for a penny. You'll come for a penny. I'll come for a penny. If you give me a penny, I'll come. Let's go. Let's go. And the householder come in and they ran up to him and it's me, me, me. And, and they don't hush. I got, and, and they push these people out of the way. I, I'm going, I was here at six. I'm going first. And I, it's Lord. Now I've got my tools. I've got my stuff. If you'll give me a penny, I'll go. Don't listen to them. If you'll give me a penny, I'll go. And he takes them uh, to, the, to the field. A day's wage, a day's wage, just for me, into the vineyard. And others, really, actually, they probably resent that guy, and they, they go back and wait on the next householder to come in because he's got who he needs, and he goes on. And they're still standing there. And at 9 o'clock, the, the householder looks out and says, you know what, there's a lot to do here. There's a lot to do here. So he goes back to the market, and he sees some of the same people there, and he sees some new people there, and he says, uh, would you come to the vineyard? Would you come to the vineyard? I need your help, and I need your help, and I need your help. Will you come to the vineyard? And they said, yes, we'll be glad to go. We'll be glad to come. And he says, and I will do what's right. I'll make it right to you. If you'll just come into, into the vineyard, I'll do what's right. And they go, and they do, and they come, and they walk into the vineyard, and into the uh, vineyard to do the work of the householder. And at 12, the householder looks around, and he says, you know what? It's, everything's are going great. It's looking good, but there's far more harvest than there is laborers. There's more harvest than there is laborers, and the time is growing short, and the time is growing dim. So he goes out to lunch at lunch. During his lunch, I'll eat lunch. I'll be back. I got to get them some help. And he goes out at 12 o'clock, and he says the householder sets out one more time in the marketplace, and he does likewise. I got to eat a half a day's work. Will you come for a half a day's work? Will you come and join the crew and be a part of this? I need you. I need a half a day's work. And they and, we'll, and they said, well, we'd love to come. And he said, I'll, I'll listen, I'll do what's right. I'll make it right. And he does it again at three. And about three o'clock, he knows that there's still far more harvest than there are laborers. Everything is getting right. It's getting real right. And I, I see that in a distance the rain's coming and, and it's a little chill in the air and the seasons are changing and, and, I, and I can't tell you just exactly when the season is going to change but all the signs that I'm feeling are telling me that the season's at hand. It, I mean, I, there's a cold in the air. There's a chill in the air. I can hear the thunder in the background. Everything's saying that the time is at hand. I see sickness in the earth. I see pestilence in the earth. I see wars and rumors of war. And I don't know when the harvest is coming, but I can feel there's something in me that can look around and say it's getting close. It's getting close to the time uh, when the householder is going to pack up his stuff and go because the seasons is coming to an end. They need some relief. They need some help. They can't do it by themselves. So he starts out at 3 o'clock in the evening and he started, uh, what he started with the uh, few this morning, they're beginning to multiply and, and they're beginning to do some things, but it's not quite enough for this big of a harvest, for this big of a heel, uh, field, for this much of a, a mass 
And when the field is getting riper, and it's getting riper, and so he goes at three, and there's a different kind of people there this time. There's some people there that wasn't there this morning, and they're sitting there, and by this time, the three o'clock, they're looking for alms. They're not looking for a job. They're not looking for work. They're looking for whatever that somebody will give because we feel like the day is far done spent by now and I can't go home without anything. I can't go home without nothing. I've got to have something. If you'll just give me what you got and give me a little bit to help, if you'll just give me this little bit, I'll go home in three hours. I'll go to the marketplace, buy some bread, go home and feed my family. And he says, well, let me ask you this. Will you come into the field? Will you come into the field at 3 o'clock this evening and do three hours worth of work? That's all I ask you. Will you do this little bitty bit and I'll make I'll make it right. I'll, I'll, I'll make what because I know you need it. I know you desire it. I know you need it. Will you make it right? We'll go. We'll go. They didn't ask what for, how much. They said, I will make it right. I'll make it right. And I will do what is right. And he walks out, they walk out, and still there are others there. Still there's others there. And at this point, it's, it's getting hopeless. It's really getting bad. It's, it's, it's after three, we got less than three hours to go. I don't know what we're going to do. And, and the father brings them back into the, the householder brings them back into the vineyard. And in verse 6 says that he went out on the 11th hour and he found others standing idle. And he goes out one more time. Knowing the harvest is ready. Knowing the, the, that it's right. Knowing that it's got to be gathered. Knowing that it's got to be brought in. Knowing that there's more here than what I've already got can handle. What I already got can do. Help. They've got to have help. They've got to have some relief. Uh, and, he, and the season is almost done and he goes out and he's at 5 o'clock in the evening and he heads towards the marketplace Noah and the ones at the marketplace these 5 o'clockers they know that it's getting close they know that the day is well spent they know that this is beginning to be a hopeless situation and a helpless situation and that they've got to go home again today empty handed and empty stomach and not fulfilled and their purpose not fulfilled in their life. They know that the need is great and there's great desperation in it. And up until now, uh, they've been scared to leave the marketplace because everything that I desire and everything that I want is within reach, but I can't get it. I can't get it without stealing it. But I'm scared to leave it for fear of not giving it gift to me or not being able to receive it. Or maybe I can just grab it and run out the door. I don't know, but I'm scared to leave here in this safe, comfortable zone because I'm so close that I'm a smell and I can taste it. I just can't have it. I just can't have it. And, but it's 5 o'clock and the market's closing and I'm fixing to go home and I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, but up until now, I, I've been scared to leave to be so close. But now... As, as the longer that I sit here and the longer uh, that I want it and the longer that I want it and I see how the day has progressed, I realize that though I might think that I want this, the need is not found in what substance I can lay my eyes on. I can see now that the only way that I'm going to get anything out of the market is if I go to work for the householder. That's the solution. 
That's the solution. He's come in all day long and offered them to go to come back to purchase to get whatever they needed. I realize now that my need for the householder is greater than my need for the marketplace. That the marketplace is a place of idol, is a place of distraction, is a place of, of, of contentment, is a place of need and desire that keeps that's dangling that carrot over me that keeps wanting more, that keeps wanting more, but it never satisfies. I realize now if I'm ever going to get my hands on that which I need, I'm going to have to go to work. I'm going to have to go to the householder. And if the householder comes in here one more time today, if he comes in here one more time today, I'm going whether they like I'm pushing through the crowd. I'm kicking people aside. I'm climbing over want. I'm climbing over desire. I'm going to do whatever it takes to uh, pushing them down. Do whatever it takes to get the householder's attention this time if he will just come in one more time. I know that there ain't no householders coming in here at 5 o'clock and going to get me to come out there for one hour's worth of work. But I promise you, if he comes in here one more time, I'm going. And about that time, a voice comes from behind him and says, Why are you still standing here idle? Why are you still standing here high idle? And the householder shows up one more time. One more time, Amen. he showed up. No one hired me. No one hired me. Every time I went to get hired, someone stepped out before me. They, they pushed me out of the way. I am a little older and, and a little more feeble, Lord. I, 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 and, I, and I know, you know, that my reputation, my, I don't have the, the, the best reputation, and I know that you're in the vineyard business, and, and last time I worked in the vineyard, I... I blew it and really messed this thing up. And so nobody would hire me this time because uh, last time I cost them so much of profits. I cost them so much of the harvest. I cost them so much that nobody now will ever give me a chance again. Why do you stand here in the market when you can walk in the vineyard? Why do you stand here in the market? Go to the vineyard. Are you sure, Lord, when I do what's right? That's his, that's his answer. Will I not do what is right? Will I not do what is right? Oh, what a difference that a day in the market makes. Oh, what a difference. Life in the marketplace is hard, it's tough. It's hard and it's tough. But what about life in the vineyard? How is it? How is it different from the marketplace? They all go to the vineyard and they walk up and they see the vastness of the vineyard, row upon row upon row upon. They look to the householder and he says, I own, a, I own the grapes on a thousand hills. I own it all. And the fullness of it is mine. The vastness of it. Here we are. All that you've ever wanted is in this vineyard. All that you've ever needed. There's grapes, the grapes that are in the marketplace. Here they are. Here they are. Gather the harvest, he says, while it's time. Rows upon rows upon rows of grapes. You can smell the sweetness in the air. The comfort of knowing that, that you've got a place to go and the security of knowing you've got a place to be every day. And a, and a purpose in life all of a sudden just comes available to you 
tongue on the grapes in the vineyard. I never knew that it was is this vast. I, I passed by it on my way to the market several times, but I, I never got to see over the wall of just what, what this thing entailed. I never got to see what all was available in the vineyard until the householder picked me and said, you can come into the vineyard. And, and boy, when I walked in, was I not surprised at the, at the vastness of it. And, and I'm also surprised at the variety uh, that we find in the in the uh, difference. We've looked at the difference a day makes, but look how a difference that a way makes. Uh, the difference in the way. There's seedless grapes. There's seedless white, seedless red, seeded purple, seeded white, seeded red. Oh, the difference in the vastness and variety of the grapes, and oh, the difference in opinion and appearances uh, that we see here as well. They they all have difference in their uses, uh, and what a difference they are. You have table grapes. Oh, just the uses of, of being able to come by table grapes and we have jelly grapes. We have wine grapes and we have dried grapes and sour grapes and as one would say we have Cajun shrimp and we have, uh, you know, bubble gum people go on and on about the, the shrimps and the things. But we have all these grapes and all the different uses of these grapes. But but oh, how they are so just a different variety. And, and I'm going to tell you something else. The grapes are almost uh, as astounding in variety as the laborers are. There's, a, there's as many varieties of grapes as there are laborers in here. Some of them pick in uniforms. Some of them pick wearing robes. Some pick a suit and a tie. Some of them's picking in blue jeans. And t-shirts. Some cluster in groups. Some mingle with everybody. Some get up every day and recite the, the same prayer or speech to the householder every morning. Every morning at the same time, the same way, the same words. Some talk to the uh, householder in pride, uh, quiet time and in, in their own words. Some say that they have a language that only them and the householder knows. To me, it sounds gibberish. To them, it's a personal language that only them and the householder can understand. Oh, at the different varieties of laborers in the vineyard. Oh, the clusters. Some clean up themselves when they get there and they go in for the morning, they'll take a little bit of water and call themselves clean. Some of them belly flop into the pool, get out and say they're immersed. Oh, the clusters that cluster in the laborers in the vineyard. Oh, they, they cluster. Some only drink the wine in the field. Some can't handle it. They say it's just the juice is all we need at lunch. And then there are those that would Probably there. They've probably been here since 6 o'clock this morning. They say once you're in the vineyard, you're never out of the vineyard. Some say you can come into the vineyard and when the season's over and you go home and you don't come back, you've got to reapply to be in the vineyard. Once hired, always hired. Once hired, you better hold on to what you got because you can get fired. All kind of different laborers in the vineyard. Others would say different things and some would say this and some would say that and some would say we were just made to gather. Some would say we're made to gather in the vineyard. And if you're not here, 
This is the big one. You were made to gather in this vineyard, and if you're not here, you weren't supposed to be here. That he knew you would be here before he went to the marketplace. And it didn't matter if you were standing in the marketplace or not. Because he didn't pick you in the marketplace, you can never come into this vineyard. I tell you, you go to the marketplace and be there at three. I think that three and five knocks that ideology out the window. You think it does? Oh, the clusters reveal so many things about the about the grapes, and the clusters reveal so many things about the laborers. But the vineyard reveals so many things about the householder. You know what he's trying to do? His goal is to get what's in the vineyard back into the marketplace. That what's in the vineyard, that's the goal of the householder. He uses all the grapes, all the laborers. Juicy grapes, refresh. Sour grapes, he uses for fertilizer. Table grapes, nourish. Sweet grapes, preserve. And then you got them old uh, dried up, shriveled up grapes that you were about to throw out. And he said, wait a minute, those are raisins. He uses all grapes. There is no grape wasted. There is no grape that don't belong, and there's no grape that can't come. And we just we want to discard those that we don't see fit. And he does the same for the cluster and the laborer. He does the formal laborers for the formal. The informal for the informal. The robes for the robes. And the blue jeans for the blue jeans. Because he, the laborers are few. And the harvest is plentiful. So when we look out, aren't we all clothed? Aren't we all clothed in righteousness? Aren't we all welcome to enter in? Aren't we all seated at the table? Aren't we all accepted in the beloved, no matter what we look like? The variety of the harvest is seen in the variety of the laborers, and the variety of the laborers are seen in the variety of the harvest, so that the reward can be hundredfold, chapter 19 says, hundredfold. So he gave those under contract that which they agreed to. And he gave those under the promise that which was right. That which was right. Now, the reward here is eternal life. Is there different rewards or do we receive the same thing? There are different rewards. Every man will be judged according to his works and rewarded. He's talking about the eternal life right here. That's the payment. Isn't that the greatest thing that we could receive? Isn't that the greatest thing that we could receive? And we are rewarded. And I wrote pages and pages and pages. I got them out here and at the house on trying to justify and figure out what was wrong with the 9 o'clocker, what was wrong with the lunar, what was wrong with the 3 o'clocker and the 5 o'clocker, what was wrong with what caused them to come at different times, what caused them to be late, what caused them to get different ways, different times, and different pay. And the Lord spoke this to me. It don't matter why they aren't there when you are as long as they come later, as long as they're there in the end. As long as they're there. The call is we share the same thing. Uh, the master householder has come and he has called us to come to the vineyard. All that matters is that they're there. So though we are different, we all have this thing in common. 
Did he not say, I want you, will you come? Will you come to the vineyard and work? A day in a marketplace for a day in a field? Will you come as I've offered? Will you come? And with that, as Marie comes, and Brother Chris comes, as we stand today, what are you looking for in the marketplace? What are you looking for from the household? What are you looking for? Is it eternal life? The householder says, come to my vineyard and spend eternity there. And everything that you need and everything that you want is found in the vineyard. And I know that today is short. And I know the time seems to be running out, but that's no excuse. He says, today is the day. Today is the day when the market, when the, in the marketplace when the householder has showed up in your life. He knows what you need. He knows what you're in the marketplace looking for. It may not be eternal life. It may be some help and some hope. It may be for someone else. And I hope that's the case as we'll see in just a minute. I hope that that's the case. He knows what you stand in need of. He knows that you've hid at 3 o'clock because you wanted alms. He knows the need at 5 o'clock that if you don't do something now, nothing's ever going to happen. He knows who's pushed you aside. He knows who's stepped on you to get what they want and to get where they want to get. He knows that you feel like that you never had a chance. That you were the underdog. Well, he pushes for the underdog. That's who he beckons. That's who he wants. Can you stand there any like the five o'clockers? Are you at the point where you're going to push through anything it takes to get whatever he's got for you? That you're going to, you're willing to push aside every weight and every mind, every stronghold that holds you back. And lay those things aside that are behind you and push forward to that which is before you. It don't have, I'm not talking about eternal life right now. I'm talking about the provision of the householder and what he has for you today. Peace, comfort, hope, love, help, whatever the case may be. The householder stands and he says, will you come at three? Will you come at five? Will you come now? Will you come now? He knows. Will you be the first this time? Will you be the first one this time to come? instead of the last one. This time will you push through first. And I want to ask the church something today too. Will you step aside and let them through? Will the, will the first step aside and introduce the last to the householder and let them fall in? And you fall in behind them. And you get behind them because I'm going to tell you what, it's hard not to go back to the marketplace the next day. It's hard not to go back to that which has been, that you've been right there wanting so long and you're scared to leave it but because you don't really, you've never, you walk by the wall of the vineyard but you've never got to see in it. And then you got people that come back to the marketplace that say, you know what, it's a good place to work but he gave the guy at five a penny and me a penny, I work all day. You don't want to work for him. Why you got others in the marketplace saying, you're not going to believe what he did. He gave me a day's wages because he knew I needed it. Because he knew that without him, I would die and my family would die and my future would die. Without the householder providing everything that I need, I have no hope. The marketplace is a deceptive, dangerous place. And God uses 
people that's never been to the vineyard and the enemy uses people who have been to the vineyard and those voices that are telling you you're not sure and you don't know and you've tried this before that's the enemy saying you don't want to work for him he's not fair and the Lord would look down and rebuke that enemy that accuser and say will I not do what's right with my stuff and will I not do what's right with my people will I not do what's right with what is mine and will I not do what's right concerning you and this I tell you as the church if we will become last and let them first we all reap the harvest it's like the man at the pool if they hadn't pushed him out of the way so one person could get what they wanted the pool stayed because of that the pool stayed full if the one that was first would have said come right ahead come right ahead go right ahead go right they would have emptied the pool of salon that day because the first would be last the last one to get it and the last is going to be the first one to get it and everybody can walk in a newness of life if that honorable, prideful, envious one will just step aside and put others before himself.